All right, everybody, turn me up. Welcome to the People's Report. We got a good lineup for y'all this episode. We're going in-depth with an entanglement expert. Aunt Jemima has some words behind being canceled. Light-skinned niggas gon' light-skinned. Trump getting our asses in order. And talking some shit with comedian Chanel Ali about her new album, Chanel Number 1. This is the People's Report. We may have been born yesterday, but we stayed up all night, damn it. Let's get it! What he think I'm supposed to do with a damn mule? That's not the type of henny anyone was expecting as 48 million mules popped up on doorsteps across the country, one for each African-American citizen. The president, reading on Twitter that blacks were once promised the animals, decided to finally make good on the 155-year-old proclamation. Well, my good friend Frederick Douglass, you know Frederick, America's first black mayor, said they know what to do with them. I trust Fred, and you know, he's beautiful. We just laid him to rest a few years ago, and I think he's grateful. I think they'll all be grateful. I said in the beginning that I'd do more for the blacks than any other president, and I think I've kept my word. And that word, my friend, is reparations. What are these things? Get them out of here. Not all of the recipients, however, shared the president's enthusiasm. We caught up with some folks to find out how they are adjusting to finally getting what was always coming to them. Man, people who's already bad enough not picking up behind their damn dogs like they supposed to. What about my J's, man? This is some mule shit. So many mules arrived at the Metropolitan Correctional Center earlier today that prison staff reported releasing inmates, citing overcrowding concerns. Others, however, welcomed the mules. I mean, he cuts the grass, takes out the trash, and loves my cooking. Ever since my son Marcus left for college, it's been nice to have a strapping young man around the house to help keep it orderly. I'd take in a couple more if they still giving them away. General Motors started running a promotion today, allowing people to bring in three mules, any condition, to trade in for an old-school Cadillac, limited to repossessed vehicles. Here at Cadillac, we're always looking for ways to get back to the black community, to show our appreciation for their support over the years. Mules also make an excellent alternative to horsepower. There's still a large percentage of African Americans who haven't received their mules yet. The government is requiring them to confirm their oppressed status in order to acquire an animal. They said it could take a couple weeks before I hear anything about mine. I put my information in that online portal and it said, not enough melanin available. And I ain't sure my ancestors were slaves. <laughs> Please. I'm from Heidelberg, Mississippi. Nobody ends up down here voluntarily. They asked me to send in a copy of my great granddaddy's poll tax return from the 1920s to move forward with processing. Oh wait, I just got an email update about my application. Our research determined that you are a descendant of Sally Hemmings. As a condition of this award, you'll be required to allow an elderly white man to ride your mule twice yearly at his discretion. Enclosed are two free passes to Monticello. No word yet on the 40 acres. For the People's Report, I'm Amber Walker. Butch, uh, he was a family dog. Great at playing catch, always came when you called him, never ran away. Just a regular, fun-loving dog. The only thing he hated was vacuum cleaners. Allegedly, he also hated Negroes. I don't know what you're talking about there, fella. Charges were filed today against Butch Flemington. The 462-year-old German Shepherd is accused of leading a white supremacist kennel by the name of KKK9. That dog definitely bit me in the ass in front of Woolworths in Greensboro back in 1962. To this day, I got the teeth marks on me. Show him your ass, baby. Come on over here, let me show you. No, sir. That's quite all right. Dog activist Al Barkton and the prosecutor Johnny Cocker Spaniel, who is working pro bono, are seeking the death penalty. And that's where they really screwed the pooch. He's lying, Your Honor. 
Check his paws for prints. Once the survivors began to testify, things started getting hairy. It was no walk in the dog park. Squeaky toys lined the hallways of the courtroom. Shut up, bitch. The defendant's 16 children are concerned about their father being put down. His records from the pound were clearly tampered with. According to veterinary records, Butch didn't exist until 1964, around the same time the KKK9 dissolved. Our dog is a good dog. He's a sweet dog. Who is a good boy? He is a good boy. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Why ruin a good dog's life? Everybody in the courtroom went... We just don't want to see him spend the rest of his days at the doghouse. Butch Fleming could have been a good boy, or a very, very bad dog. The doggy next door, coming soon to a streaming platform near you. Now, from Beyond the Grave, a statement from Aunt Jemima. Quaker Oats recently announced that they would discontinue using her name and likeness for the 131-year-old pancake brand. Now y'all know I don't never raise my voice, but y'all must have lost your no cotton picking ass minds to gang up on old aunt like this. I was resting ever so peaceful. Now eyes done rolled over in my grave. It seems to me like y'all are uh, what you call it, mulatto uh, millennials, done ran out of things to be mad about. So you done set your sights on my pancakes. Pancakes ain't never hurt nothing, but maybe your figure, and that's only if you eat them every day. As a matter of fact, half of y'all no cooking asses would have starved had it not been for old aunt and my ready-made foods. I don't see them Japanese hollering about that little man on a ramen noodle packet, or the Italians coming for Chef Boyardee's beefaroni. You ain't even gotta have eyes to see that it be your own people. Since y'all got so much time to meddle in my affairs, maybe, just maybe, you can spend a spell meddling in a cookbook and figure out it take longer than a minute to make some rice. Somebody done messed around and told you what a vegan was and you forgot where you came from. For your information, I'm a job creator. And the last thing y'all need right now is another colored person out of a job. What them folks down in Hawkins, the pancake capital of Texas, posed to do when they shut down the Aunt Jemima Museum? Y'all gonna stop streaming Imitation of Life too? Y'all know that movie is an imitation of my life. Uncle Ben rang my phone and says y'all done got him fired too. He about to be on y'all like white on, well, you know. And for y'all that say my firing is for the greater good, don't spit in my face and tell me it's raining. I done seen a minstrel show, and I know when I'm being bamboozled. You know, there's a special place in hell for you, because God don't like ugly nor progressive politics. All I know is if y'all gonna, what you call it, uh, cancel me, you best not forget stale cooking, having ass famous Amos, whole ass Chiquita Banana, the Land of Lakes Butter Bitch, that nigga on the cream of wheat box, and especially old capping ass Miss Buttersworth. Now I'm gone. I'm canceling brunch for y'all uppity niggas. This episode of The People's Report is brought to you by A Night with a Confederate Soldier. It's like Night at the Museum, but about a Confederate soldier statue coming to life. Starring Jussie Smollett. Andrew Jackson came after me. He was chasing me. I didn't know where to go. Uh, he was calling me all sorts of names. And for some reason, he, he, he had a Nigerian accent.
Whatever, nigga. Coming this fall, a night with a Confederate soldier. As discussions about reparations resurge again before tax season, we have a story out of Louisiana about a historical photograph. A Lafayette man believes he should be compensated for his role in American history. In 1958, Jerome Henderson was a sprightly 24-year-old. While playing basketball at a local park, he made the bold decision to use a public restroom. Then a photographer approached him with a strange request. He asked me if he could take my picture. Mr. Henderson mumbled, now 80 and smelling of menthol mothballs. I told him I didn't have time for a portrait because I had the boo-boo. He said, No, nigger, I'm going to take your picture with my camera. Just stand there. So I stood there. It looked like I had the boo-boo because I did. He yells, No, porch monkey, just not like that. Just stand there normal. So I stand there and he starts counting down. And I decide to put my thumbs up and smile. <laughs> it just felt right. But he get mad again and say, No smiling, straight face, you moon cricket. I didn't like how he kept yelling and calling me names, so I reminded him. I ain't never done nothing like that before, and I asked him to be patient with me. It's not like I wanted to be out there talking to him. I had to take me a shit. Anyway, he just tell me to stand there and look sad, so I thought about my uncle. He was a pilot, and he had died of syphilis that week. That made me make a sad face. Then he packed up his stuff real quick, and I asked where the picture was going to end up. But he just took off, left without as much as a thanks, nigger. I wonder why he took my picture. And I turned around and noticed that the sign I was standing in front of said, Colored Restrooms Only. And I felt a little betrayed. The photo appeared in the Lafayette Gazette the next day, and Henderson's image spread across the country like the syphilis they gave the Tuskegee Airmen. The lack of compensation didn't bother him at first because of the widespread exposure. It was just nice to get laid a little bit more, especially from ladies that could afford newspapers. Henderson eked out a humble life for himself after his 15 minutes of fame, eventually getting married, having two kids, and becoming a janitor. I've always loved bathrooms. After the movie Selma and other period pieces, Mr. Henderson noticed how often his picture was being used in the media when the subject was civil rights, Jim Crow, or toilets. Jerome had been engaged in a year-and-a-half-long legal battle that drained him of much of his janitor's salary. In order to raise money for court fees, he decided it was time to follow his first calling and become a model. We have a couple of meetings with Belk, some Viagra commercials, auditions I found online, some extra work in comedies where they beat up on old people. Yeah, that was fun. You know, it's all about having fun right now. Even when I have to work for free, it's nice to get laid more, especially by ladies who can afford internets. We're going to Paris for Fashion Week the next time it happens. I'm just excited to see Harry Twats again. We are too, Jerome. We are too. This is the People's Report. I'm Reed Clark. And I'm Amber Walker. And we have a very special guest, Chanel Ali. Hey guys, thank you so much for having me. So we both listened to your album. 
Uh, I'm a big fan, though, I have to say up front, of the album artwork. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't plan to release an album during a pandemic slash civil rights movement, but uh, I think my curly hair is timely. And, you know, we, I worked with a really dope artist about what we could, like, recreate safely. And um, it only took, like, four tries before he sent me a mock-up. And I was like, this is it. We did it. Oh, shit. We're doing comedy still, even though we can't. <laughs> so your album, do you want to talk a little bit about that? How that came together uh, with 800-pound gorilla? Uh, yeah, my manager is really, to, I have to give her credit. She's been pushing me to make an album for about a year. Um, but I was feeling like, like it was a really big task and I had a lot of stuff going on, but, um, 800 pound gorilla signed on and we set a date in December to do it and got a good write up in the New York times. So I pulled a pretty good audience and then I just did an early show and a late show. I did about an hour and 10 minutes on both shows and then edited it down to about 58 minutes, which was really important to me. I didn't want any fluff on the album. I wanted to get right into joking and then joke for that hour so uh yeah the album is called chanel number one it's available on spotify all the platforms i'm assuming spotify title right yeah it's even on, it's even on napster can you believe it that's what's up they're making a comeback um <laughs> you talked about in your special and i actually do really like that you just got into the jokes i think it is annoying a lot of people on specials and albums all the fluff and just regular noise, you know, it's it's nice to just get right in and your voice is very distinct so you could just ride that wave. But you were talking about your militancy. The you told a Malcolm X joke that I really love. I was wondering who's your top five of civil rights leaders. My top five? Oh man. Uh I say James Meredith is high in there. Uh Stokely Carmichael's really, really high. Uh Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, um Trying to think who had the most impact on me. Uh, <clears throat> I would probably say Muhammad Ali, honestly. I think that impacted me a lot, especially when I was first really starting to choose my own books and biographies and things like that. Just reading about his life really inspired me. I'm a big Stokely Carmichael fan as well. Who's in, who'll be in yours? Um, Angela Davis, Shaka, 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 <laughs> Asada Shakur. I cannot talk today. Mm. Um, you know, just... The old ethos that like men led, women organized. So I just like to always big up sisters for you know laying the foundation for all of the modern social movements as we know them. Yeah, absolutely. Real black question followed up by a fluff question. Uh, <laughs> do you have a dog? Uh, my boyfriend has a dog, so technically I'm a step dog mother. Oh, so you don't really uh, love it like it's yours. Do you have like a dream dog? Like some type of like doodle, like a golden doodle or something. I have real bad allergies and they're super hypoallergenic. And also they're like needy and smart in the way that I feel like dogs should be. Uh, when you just want to like a non-emo dog. So yeah, I, I hope to get one like in the next year or two. Do you, because we have been arguing about this. I am of the belief that your dog should fit the size of the dwelling that you're living in. So I want a small dog for my apartment, and if I have a yard or something, I will get like a real dog dog. Totally. There's a house dog, and then there's an apartment dog. And I think you can stress yourself out with big boop, big poops. You gotta worry about big poops in the city. It's like, you can't live like that. <laughs> Your album has a uh, weed... Well, I don't know. How it's, it's hard to describe it. The cover... 
It's the Chanel bottle, but it's weed inside, which is so delicious. So many people have hit me up and said, like, oh, can I get a bottle of that? Like, do you have that scent? And I'm like, no, it's not. It looks counter-ready. That's just what I secrete, you know? Just if you want that scent, you just got to get all up in here. Totally. It's a lifestyle. Do you um, have a, a, a favorite strand that you produce, a weed strain that you like? Um, I'm big on sativas. I uh, love a good Northern Lights. Um, sour Diesel is my go-to. Um, just anything that's like very up high. I don't like to be very sleepy. I know that there's people who say that indicas don't really affect them that way, but I feel like it does for me. I still smoke. Like if I have two different strains of weed, then I feel real rich, like real wealthy. Decide what type of high I'm about to get. So I always like like to have some sativa and some indica. We've come so far from Reggie and Lyle being the only options. That's so far. It's crazy. What uh with your next uh are you thinking about a next? album and if so what's some subject matter that you're playing with i guess not even for your album just like right now currently what's some subject matter you got going around in the brain um you know you know what was interesting is this year i also had my debut on comedy central and i had a joke in that set where i advocated for stealing from h&m because <laughs> i said that they put an ad out with a little black boy uh in a hoodie that's a monkey on it and it was like the umpteenth time they had done it and i was like you know I can't boycott because I'm always already stealing their things. And I got a lot of flack from mostly black people online. Uh, sometimes they would like write me long emails saying like, this is, you know, a bad joke and you shouldn't be, you know, perpetuating the stereotype of black people stealing and blah, blah, blah. And so then over the last few months, obviously with, you know, all of the civil unrest, people have started to understand the concept more, which was that we shouldn't give corporations our money when they disrespect us, you know? So me making a joke about stealing was more like me trying to illuminate my, my protest that I was already doing. Um, and so I feel really vindicated as what, like opposed to a couple months ago where I felt like oh, I gotta be more careful about what ideals I'm trying to portray because people are taking things very literal and maybe I'm not the one to be speaking on this. Cause if you look on Twitter and you watch Terry, Crew Terry Crews every day, you start to think, maybe we don't need to talk about everything. Um, but I do think for my first album, it was important for me to just talk about me and introduce myself. But on my next album, I really want to get into my ideals and my beliefs. I think I have a real strict moral code, a firm belief between right and wrong. And I want to get more ideological, you know. I want to get more artistry in my jokes and um, start to challenge people. That's exciting. Do you, um, have, uh, any of your white friends been giving you any guilt, white guilt cash apps? I heard those are going around. I didn't receive yeah. one. I got one. I, I think probably even just my album coming out right about now, I got much more uh, <laughs> guilty downloads than <laughs> I would have a few months ago. Um, but yeah, I'm taking them in stride. And I've also even reached out to people from my childhood that, like, I, for, for instance, I had a friend whose parents said something extremely racist to me once. And I was like, hey, do you remember that? And she was like, no, but I bet it happened because my dad sucks. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, all right, cool. Well, now we can acknowledge that you know people in your family have made life harder for a person of color that you personally know. So um, I hope that you're putting your resources to, you know, further other people's opportunities. I hope you're, you're trying to help. And it was good to feel, like, empowered to be able to do that. 
to be able to hit her up and say, hey, that sucked. <laughs> I hope you think about it too. <laughs> I gotta think of the list of white people I want to shame in my life. That would be a very long list. Bosses that I'd like to go back and, and really just have a play-by-play. Let's, let's, let's talk about what you said versus what I said. And let's just really talk about it, where it comes from and how we got here. Those are uh, conversations that I used to live for, making white people uncomfortable like that. But now the few times I've gone out and been around white people at like uh, the patio drinking areas, they're always like, so like, what can I do to help? And it's like, it's not fun if you want to know now. <laughs> it's, like, it's like too heavy and surreal now. <laughs> yeah. With, um, <clears throat> speaking of heavy and surreal... Uh, what did you think of uh, Dave Chappelle's last uh, offering? Did you see it? Yeah, I did watch it. Um, you know, I'm addicted to anything Dave Chappelle does. He's one of my favorites. It impacted me so much when I was in high school specifically. Um, yeah, I think it's greatness. And I think um, it's artistry and that he's speaking so fluidly and that he's really coming from a place of like just being, you know, not able to sleep at night thinking about reality. And it's like, we need funny people to get serious like that sometimes because it has that much more weight. This is such a jovial person, such a jovial guy who always sees the light in good things. And he's like, yeah, I'm talking about it and I'm going to find funny in it. But right now it's just raw. And um, it's just amazing that we can do that now. Because back in the day, comedians had to go through a process to get their message to us. And now we've rewritten the rules. You could just be in the middle of Ohio and you know call a couple people and have this thing that now can get disseminated to the masses. It's incredible. Um, but my one criticism is that I wish black women were in that conversation more, specifically in those couple of minutes. And um, I think we got to really acknowledge that because he distributed it so fast, that it was a little unrefined. And that's okay. You know, we should be able to see more versions of work and progress like this. You have such a beautiful way of uh, putting it that I don't want to hate on it anymore, but... Privately, I'm gonna hate on it. It just when it, he kind of started off by saying, um, "I know, I know, I I held back saying anything because I figured people didn't want to hear from me." I'm kind of more of that school. Like, yeah, we don't, we didn't really need this just because I didn't like uh, laugh out loud. But I definitely, I guess, part of my soul was fulfilled hearing what Dave Chappelle thought about it, funny or not. Yeah. So I think I agree that it is cool that we get to do that now, like ask artists. In the same way that I feel like white comics, especially lately, are complaining about feeling censored or feeling like they can't talk about what they want to talk about, I think we have to acknowledge that getting up on a stage and speaking to an, into a microphone has power. Like the, when we, we can acknowledge that in various other professions, like clergymen or preachers or whatever you want to call them, rock stars, politicians, they get up on mics in front of people and they talk their shit and they sway people, they persuade people. So. Sometimes we need to like use our platform to just talk and, and have people take it seriously because that's our protest. That's that's what we have. You know, I'm I'm not protesting out in the streets. I'm not doing it. But I know that I'm gonna keep working on my craft and build my platform so that one day I can really speak to people and have that opportunity to shift them or influence them a little. That's what's up. That's uh why I'm uh very glad you uh are doing this with us. I do think you represent a lot of what the People Report stands for. I love, uh, I love unapologetic blackness, and I love pe- like, you watch enough open mics, and you learn that some comics have like quote unquote racist jokes, and they try to make it seem like they're dumb and like trying to. But it's like you're not. I I know you're using your words in the way you want to. I know you know your words have power. 
But you were talking about... Um, I know you're getting away with that. I know you know that. Right. And then black people, too. They don't... They, they kind of like... Oh, okay. Your, your goal isn't necessarily to lift us up. It's to, to lift yourself up in this peer group. You're just trying to make these, this group of white people comfortable and happy with you. But hey, man. Everybody's got to get their bag. But, um, you know, it is a hustle. It is a hustle. Um, you were talking about using your platform um, and having power in your platform with the Joe Rogan recently getting the hundred million with uh, Spotify. We have been talking about Amber and I the lack of black women on that show and how it's yeah. how it's pretty women in general, but with how like he's in the stand-up community, I'm almost want to be like you gotta know like. You know, when the Monique was ha thing happening, you couldn't get Monique. Aren't you in those circles, you know? Yeah, it's, it's something that they don't, they don't want to acknowledge is that when you have um, a high platform like that, especially, unfortunately, just being a male entertainer, you're more apt to give opportunities to people that look like you, sound like you, make you feel comfortable. I, I could say I'm probably going to be guilty of the same thing one day. I'm obviously going to give black women opportunities first and foremost, tenfold, probably, you know, very consciously. But it's like you're supposed to have a team of people underneath you that are making sure, hey, we're not going to keep our perspective so limited. Because I'm tired of hearing about Steve in his crazy shirt. Like, I'm tired of the same comedian over and over again using different words to have the same perspective. I'm, I'm sick of it. For sure. Um, that was the interviewee part. Uh, <laughs> that's all the questions I really had. Oh, and great timing. Um, Was there anything that you wanted to talk about that we haven't? Um, Attack the subscribe button so you can tune in for the next episode where we get part two of the Chanel Ali interview where we play a little game called Dr. Now or Mary J. Blige. And now here are the stories we didn't have time to cover this episode. And what's up, my ticker? O.J. Simpson believes that Carol Baskin from Tiger King killed her husband but he did agree to write the foreword to her new book coming out. It's called, I Didn't Do It, But Here's How Much Sardine Oil It Would Take. Speaking of O.J. Simpson, the Ford Bronco is making its epic return in 2021. It's able to go from Lake Forest to Brentwood in record time and comes with your own personal Al Cowlings. The Supreme Court ruled that federal executions could proceed during the pandemic, making it the first time execution and the Trump administration have been used in the same sentence. The president refuses to wear a face mask because it rubs against his real one and itches. We continue to believe news about the coronavirus coming out of China. That's like letting a child decide that the room is clean. China lies about everything. Yao Ming was only 6'8". Activist Sean King shared he discovered a private Facebook group of law enforcement officials allegedly talking about killing him. Nothing would kill Sean King quite like an Ancestry.com test result saying he's not black. Black NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace accused of pulling a Jesse Smollett. But a noose is a noose no matter the use, and that's words of Dr. Seuss. If lying about hate crimes is going to be a thing, I'm glad it's going to be a light-skinned nigga thing. It's a shame for Bubba Wallace, though. You would think that a guy that looks like Drake and Tim Tebow's baby would be all right. Did you know that if you spell race car backwards, Breonna Taylor's killers are still free? Some believe that BET orchestrated the coronavirus in order to do a remote show this year so that Beyonce would have no excuse to miss it. Even though the BET Awards were virtual this year, 17 people were stabbed in the parking lot. Kanye West is running for president. His choice of running mate is Michelle Tibal from Wyoming. He could have had a better choice because he knows way cooler people. We know Kanye will have help writing speeches from Consequence, GLC, Travis Scott, Chance the Rapper, Kid Cudi, Drake, and Vic Mensa. But he burned way too many bridges. 
It's really hard to burn bridges in Wyoming. It's landlocked. Cops in Seattle wore masks that resemble the cops in the HBO show The Watchmen, which has proven prolific despite ending after one season. You can tell white people made that decision because white people don't like to season. That stereotype is actually getting pretty outdated as cops have been spraying pepper on everything. Karen is becoming a slur for white women. Most are happy white women have a two-syllable slur to say when they sing along to rap songs. What these bitches want from a Karen? Some believe Will and Jada Pinkett Smith have an open relationship, but are quiet about it in the media because parents still just don't understand. Walmart to transform store parking lots into drive-in movie theaters this summer. Ah, oh, fuck, said people who sleep in their car in Walmart parking lots. 50 Cent and T.I. are on the line for the next versus battle. Winner gets to check T.I.'s oldest daughter for a hymen. Usain Bolt has officially become a father. He recently welcomed a beautiful daughter named Olympia Lightning Bolt. That name was a winner by a hair, barely beating Usain, baby, please don't bolt. Colin Kaepernick signs a first look production deal with Disney. It's nice to think that one day at Disneyland, I too could ride the bench. Historical evidence shows that Egyptians believed that orgasms had a purpose in trans-dimensional travel. After hearing this news, my girlfriend reported, Shut up and travel your stupid tongue down my dimension. Authorities in Virginia said a group of large pigs caused lane closures and long traffic backups. That's no way to talk about police officers, is it? A luxury hotel preparing to open in South Africa is offering guests the chance to spend the night in a train permanently parked on a bridge. I stayed one night there and it was so retro, I couldn't sleep because I was only apartheid. Since Takashi 69s released from jail, he has gone after Billboard for manipulating streams. Our research finds this to be true as the number one song on the charts for the last four months is the hold music for the unemployment line. The People's Report would like to thank Chanel Ali, Sam Bishop, D-Day Beats, and our mamas. Check out our website at www.peoplesreportpod.com. That's P-P-L-S reportpod.com. Please follow us on P-P-L-S reportpod on Instagram and Twitter. Writers, music producers, and graphic designers who would like to collaborate with the People's Report, send an email to pplsreportpod at gmail.com.